Hello, everyone. Time for another new episode of the podcast. I'm glad you've decided to give this a listen. I hope it finds you well. I hope everything is going well in your life, and I hope you're having a blessed day. Also, if you want to find out more information about uh, the Focus Point, you can head over to thepointoffocus.com. That's thepointoffocus.com, and you can find out more information there. There's blog posts, podcast episodes, and videos over there at that website. Hope you will uh, give that a look. And as well, I hope you will share this with your family and friends so that it may encourage them and lift them up and get into their ears and into their hearts. Um, I'm excited for what God has given me to share Today, it's kind of like a culmination of like everything we've talked about probably for the last eight weeks um, through the Gyra series and through last week's um, episode. And I'm excited um, to kind of revisit some of those things and just talk a little bit more about it in this context as we enter Fourth of July weekend. It's July 2nd, the day that this is being recorded, which is a very interesting day in the time of history. That is actually when um, the 13 colonies actually declared independence, but it wasn't until July 4th when the Declaration of Independence was agreed upon that they were declared free. Independent states, and they were no longer under the rule of King George III. But as we think about that, so it's very interesting that on July 2nd, this is being released. I just find that to be very convenient and very nice. Sometimes it's fun when that kind of stuff happens. Um, and that Independence Day could have actually been July 2nd instead of July 4th. But the direct Declaration of Independence being finalized and agreed upon and all of that is why it's July 4th. And that freedom that came with that, they were no longer under the rule, right, of these... Of Britain. So, in saying that, though, there's another kind of freedom that I think about that falls under this same kind of idea, under rule, right, if you will. And we see this here. I'm reminded of the kind of freedom that there is in Jesus. Okay, this 4th of July, we talk about freedom. We talk about the freedoms that we have and the ability to have those freedoms and how it ties into exactly what Jesus did for us and what we have in Jesus, it's so cool to see this unfold, like I said. And as I've said, it's been kind of like building this as we've talked through the Gyra series in a couple of those episodes. And those episodes will be in the description, um, the titles of those, so you can go find those so you know kind of what I'm referencing here. Um, because we'll be touching on some of those topics throughout, and but only in a shorter version. If you want the longer version, you can go find those episodes or even the blog post for that matter. So I want to take us to Romans chapter 8. In Romans 8, it says, therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be the sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. And that's Romans 1, 8 through 3. And in thinking about that, and as I've mentioned in a couple episodes of the Gyra series, we have talked about this very thing. God sent Jesus to this earth to live a perfect life so that he could become the sacrifice, the payment 
for sin. When Jesus died on the cross, all of the sin of the people, past, present, and future, all people, everyone, God so loved the world that anyone who believes, right? So this, is, this payment is for everybody. All they have to do is believe. Past, present, and future was paid in full. Then Paul says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. We just read it. If we accept the gift of God, believe that Jesus died on the cross and that God raised him from the dead, we are in Christ Jesus. And that's Romans 10.9. That's how uh, Paul kind of finishes what's called the Romans road when he says, all you have to do is believe. That's what John 3.16 says. Anyone who believes will have eternal life. Then we talked about John 3.17 a little bit throughout the Jairus series. That's why I said it's good to go back if you haven't and check out that series, especially the ones that will be in the description. But it says that we are saved, okay? We are free. We are no longer condemned because we are in Jesus, and Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, John 3.17. If Jesus didn't come to condemn the world while he was walking on the earth, if he didn't do that while he was on earth, then there's no way under heaven that he's going to start pointing the finger of condemnation. Now, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Jesus doesn't change, as Hebrews 13.8 says. A good example of this, and I'm drawn to John chapter 8, and the whole passage is in the description, and um, as well as a couple other passages that we'll reference in this episode. But I look at John chapter 8 when I think of how Jesus didn't point any finger of condemnation. A woman was brought before him. Jesus was at the temple, and a crowd began to gather, and Jesus started to teach. Shortly after he had begun to teach the people, the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They asked Jesus what should be done to the woman because the law says to stone her. They demanded an answer from Jesus. Jesus told them that they have never sinned, cast the first stone. Then he started to write in the dirt. One by one, the crowd started to leave. They started to, to vacate this idea that they were going to stone her. And some people often wonder... What exactly was Jesus writing in the dirt? You know, was he writing the their names? Was he writing their sins? Was he writing, like, what was he writing in the dirt that got them to leave, that got them to understand that they're not perfect either and that all, you know, sin is punished by death, which is an event, the stoning that they were going to do. Stoning wasn't just, you know, people gathered in a circle, they put a person in a hole, and they threw rocks at them until they were dead. It wasn't like, okay, you get seven rocks thrown at you and hope that none of them are fatal. Like, it was a fatal event. So, in a sense, they were pretty much saying, the, the law says to kill her, is what they were saying, because she was caught in the act of adultery. But then Jesus said, and this is John eight ten through 11, then Jesus stood up and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? And she said, no, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I. Go and sin no more. So Jesus wasn't giving her like a free ride, but he's just not, he's about people. He's relationship. He's about us. Like, it's not about him running a list, running a tally of all the things that we've ever done or going to do. 
Like, that's not what he's about. And he proves that here. He didn't sit there and be like, well, you know, you could have just, you know, not done that. Like, you know, you've been doing that actually more times than you should. Like, you really should knock that stuff off. You know, he proved it in The Woman at the Well, where he didn't um, sit down on the well. And when she got there, he started running her list of all the wrong things that she's done. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus didn't do it here. Jesus didn't do it to anybody standing in the crowd. Jesus didn't get up and go, well, Thomas, um, Bill, back there in the back, like, what did you do last night? You know, all of this thing. He didn't start running lists. Sally, look at what you did just a few days ago. You know, you better... He didn't do that. Like I said, it's unclear to what he was writing in the dirt. So he could have been kind of pointing out the things that they had done. But in theory, you know, Jesus wasn't condemning anybody. They were pointing out his, her sins, so Jesus was going to point out theirs. But he wasn't condemning them. He wasn't saying, well, you know what, you can just, like, all of this stuff, yeah, she did that. He wasn't doing that. He didn't have time for that. He was just getting them to see that they were all on the same level. In a sense, sin is sin. It doesn't matter at all, really. A minor sin is a sin to Jesus, and a major sin is a sin to Jesus, so let's move on. It's kind of what Jesus was saying here. When we hear condemnation, like shaming and guilting and accusing, just to name a few of those fiery darts that come at us, when we hear those in our life, it's not coming from the mouth of Jesus. The devil is the one that speaks condemnation. The devil is the one who points out our guilt and our shame. The devil is the one who wants us to think we're not good enough and that Jesus doesn't want anything to do with us. But that's where the freedom in Jesus comes in. We don't have to listen to the voice of condemnation any longer. We are free from it. In Jesus, we now have a voice that speaks love into our life. Jesus cares about us. Jesus loves us. Jesus doesn't point out our faults like the enemy does. In Jesus, there is no condemnation. None. Jesus, it says in Corinthians, you know, love keeps no records of wrong. Jesus keeps no records of wrong. He doesn't want us, he doesn't want to run, sorry, he doesn't want to run a tally of all the things. He doesn't keep a ledger. He doesn't want a list. He doesn't want to do all of that. That's not, that's what we do as people. That's what Satan does because he wants to use all of that against us. And Jesus doesn't want to use that against us. Jesus didn't use it against the woman at the well. Jesus didn't use it against the woman caught in adultery. Jesus didn't use it against Peter. Jesus didn't use it against Paul. Jesus didn't use it against anybody that he came across in the Bible. Jesus doesn't do that. But as with any freedom, freedom comes at a great price. Jesus was rejected by the people he came to save. Jesus was arrested and taken away. As it says in Isaiah 53, it says he was despised and rejected by mankind. You know, the very people that he came to save. And he was familiar with pain. We talked about that a little bit last week, how Jesus knows about pain like one for, like sorry like one from whom people hid their faces he was despised and was held with low esteem surely he took our pain and bore our suffering yet we considered him punished by god and afflicted but he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought us peace or freedom 
was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. By his wounds we are free. By the oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? And that's just a little bit of Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 8. Jesus, the context is in the, like I said, the context is in the uh, description. Jesus was put on trial, and he was beaten, and he was taken away, and he was mocked, and a crown of thorns shoved on his head, and he was nailed to a cross so that we could be free. John 19 records that. John 19, verses 1 through 6 and 14 through 16, Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged, had him beaten. He was hoping that maybe the people would see, hey, maybe if I beat him enough, maybe they'll think that's good. He'd be just as good as dead anyway, and I won't have to crucify him. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him saying, hail, king of the Jews, and they slapped him in the face. Once more... Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, he is, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! And once again, Pilate was like, Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, Take him away, crucify him. And Pilate said, Can I, shall I crucify your king? We have no king but Caesar. Finally, Pilate handed them over to be crucified. So here we are, Jesus, taking on this, this payment of sin. Being fully man and the ability to experience pain, much like was said in last week's episode. So that we could be free. So that we could be free from the condemnation of sin. So that we can be free. So we could be under Jesus who doesn't point fingers at us. Who doesn't like want perfection. And that's why he doesn't condemn us. Because it's almost like he expects us to make mistakes. Because we're not him. If we all were Jesus. If we all were capable of never making a mistake. Jesus would have been out of a job. But we are free from the payment of sin, too. We are free from having to take that payment of sin. Jesus has made a way. Much like a couple episodes ago in the Gyra series, where we talked about all of like the different things that had to be done, that sin has to be paid for, and the payment, as Romans 3.23 says, the payment of that is death. The wages of sin is death. And we no longer have that on our shoulders because Jesus took it and put it on his shoulders. Jesus made the payment that God required so that we didn't have to anymore. We are free from that payment. In Jesus, we are free from the payment of sin because it's already been paid. We are free from condemnation because we are in somebody, we are under somebody, we live in somebody that doesn't do that. We are free in Jesus. We are free indeed.